Alhamdulillah 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 Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina may yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu may yudlilhu fala hadiya lahu wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa nashhadu anna muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اصبروا وصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله عليكم my beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. Wanastainuhu, we seek His help. Wanastaghfiruhu, we seek His forgiveness. Wanu'minu bihi, wanatawakalu alayh. We believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. In whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. In whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. We bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and many more, and many more, kathira and kathira. And once again, my beloved brothers and sisters, I ask you the same question I ask every single time I stand before you, and that is to ask yourself, what is changing? What is changing within your heart? What is changing in your relationships? What is changing in our society? And what is changing in the world? When we look at what is happening in the world, again, the ongoing situations all across the globe, including another attack where someone drove with a van through a crowd of people in Barcelona. And then yesterday, or this past weekend, the topic that everybody in the United States was talking about was Charlottesville in Virginia, what's been happening with the rise of white supremacists, calling on, I mean, the original complaint that they had was that a statue was being taken down and they were protesting against it. But the deeper point that is being made is that there are a lot of people who want a particular vision of the United States, which is a vision of an ethnostate of white people. Now, that is still a lot of people, but that's not the majority of people of the society. But it's still enough of a population that it is important to give them attention. Like many of us who've been doing work across the community have been complaining for years that if you look at the threat that comes from Muslims, whether we want to use the Muslim terrorists or whatever term we want to use, it's tiny compared to the threat that is coming from white supremacist terrorists. Right? Right-wing, Christian, evangelical uh, uh, supremacist terrorists. Uh, there, the threat is much greater. And in fact, I used to speak, when in the days when I would speak at churches, often people would ask me, how come you know Muslims are not doing anything about ISIS? And i say, we are. But here, I live in Chicago, the Ku, the Ku Klux Klan is a bigger threat uh, for me, especially where, where I live. My family lives in Orland Park. The Ku Klux Klan, the KKK, recruits there and has been recruiting there for quite some time. In the KKK being a very old American white supremacist organization, a white supremacist terrorist organization. Now the point for you and I to think about is that often when we picture an American, we picture somebody white. When we picture an American, even when I ask this question to 10-year-olds, they'll pick somebody white, even though for almost the entirety of their lives the president was African-American, Barack Obama. 
So the point here to think about is that even if all of these white supremacists were to stop doing what they're doing, our country is still a white supremacist state. And all across the globe, so many places where people have, have my skin color or even darker, you will find people who will try to lighten their skin because somehow, in the opinion of many people, that is higher status. Okay? And you still see in advertisements for marriage in our society, among, among many of immigrant backgrounds, DSE backgrounds especially, you know, people will say that they're looking for somebody fair skin for their son or for their daughter. Okay? Even though that is just the color of your skin. The color of your skin is part of your beauty. Obviously, it is not part of your superiority. And you and I all know the ayat that we quote where Allah Ta'ala is telling us that he created us in many tribes and colors so that we get to know each other. But what is the best? Who's the best among each and every one of us? It's the one with taqwa. That you and I know. And taqwa is not a color of the skin. Taqwa is not in itself only action. Taqwa is a condition of the heart. And only Allah Ta'ala knows who has better taqwa than the next. It could be that each and every one of you has more taqwa than me, even though I'm the one standing here. It could be that there's someone else elsewhere who has higher taqwa than all of us, meaning that is a condition of the heart. But the point is, my beloved brothers and sisters, when we look at these things that are happening in our society, nobody in this room is white, right? Rayan might be the closest, but nobody in this room is white, but all of us are part of this society, meaning every single one of us owns a part of this society. Even if you're here just for studies, you still have an ownership in the society, and you have a responsibility in the society. Because even though we imagine the common American to be white, most of the white people you're going to meet, especially in Chicago, they've only been here maximum four generations, maybe five generations. And you can talk to many Arabs who've been here that long as well. You can talk to many, many white people here who just came within the past 20 years, or who came with their parents. And so the point I'm making is that even though we imagine this country to be a white country, it is not. You can say it is an immigrant country. That you can definitely say. And that includes every single one of us in this room. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? When you see something happening in our society, you do have to pay attention to what's going on. And every single one of us knows the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri. He's a very interesting person, uh, as, as, as Sir Han can tell us, because he is buried where? He is buried in Istanbul. Okay. He's one of the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and made it all the way that far okay. in his work to expand the deen of Allah. But what is the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri? All of us know this, that if you see something wrong, change it with your hand. And if you can't, change it with your tongue. And if you can't, you should feel bad about it in your heart, and that's the weakest of faith. This applies to when you see something wrong in society, and this also applies to when you see something wrong in your own condition. Meaning, if I see something wrong within myself, change it with my hand. And if that is too hard, change it with my tongue, which means want dua. And if that is too hard, then at least I should feel bad about it in my heart. But what am I saying in the context of this society? You may feel that you have no strength, but every one of us has the ability to speak and to write. And if you feel that that is even too hard for you, every single one of us, at the very least, can make dua. Now, when you are changing yourself, dua is the change of the tongue. When you are trying to change society, dua is the weakest of faith. 
Yeah, because it takes no effort to change, to, to make dua. But when you are changing yourself, al-qar, as well as dua, are the actions of the tongue. So, what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Anytime you hear of something wrong taking place, especially this growing, growing trend of hate, at the very least, make dua about it. But more than that, every single one of us has the ability to speak. And some of us, mashallah, also have the ability to write. And this is especially a time where you need to do that. There's a famous story, probably not true, but it's still a good lesson, where Allah Ta'ala sends an angel to destroy a town. And some of you have heard the story. And the angel goes down and looks at this town, and he notices one person in the town who is in nonstop ibadah. And the angel is watching this man in this temple, in this, in the, uh, whatever, it's probably not a masjid, uh, and he is in nonstop ibadah to Allah. And then he's watching him, and he goes back to Allah and says, Are you sure this is the correct town? I have been watching this town, and in this town there's this one person who has been doing nonstop ibadah to you for 500 years and didn't even blink outside of ibadah. And then what is, according to the story, what does Allah Ta'ala say? Destroy him first. Because he didn't even blush when his society was falling apart. Think about this, my beloved brothers and sisters. If I spent all of my day in the musalla while our society is falling apart, then I might actually be doing something wrong. Okay? Often our masjids are empty, and it's not a problem if it's empty outside of prayer time, because in theory, we are supposed to be out in the world earning our own income to provide for ourselves and our family, as well as working to uplift society. Okay? Naturally, when it is time to pray, we should be in the musalla. But what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Again, and I can't repeat this enough, this is your responsibility, my responsibility. And to take this point even deeper, what is growing in our society is anger. Whether we speak of all of these supremacists, what's their fuel? It's anger. Now, why are they having anger? Because they don't know how to cope with life. Most of these people, these supremacists, are coming from or are supporting people from regions that in our country we call the Rust Belt or the Bible Belt. And what is the Rust Belt? The Rust Belt were regions across America where America was producing steel for the whole world. Then other places across the world started producing steel at a cheaper cost, and these steel mills shut down, but the economy never recovered. So you have all these people who grew up in these societies and these neighborhoods that are growing up essentially without income. And then related to that, an increase of drugs is taking place in a lot of these societies, and related to that, breakdown of the family. So then what happens is some preachers come and they say, it's not your fault, it's the fault of those other people. It's the fault of the Muslims, it's the fault of the Jews, it's the fault of the people of color, Latinos. And so it is easy for me to blame someone else for my problems. And that's exactly what's happening. This happens all throughout history, where someone who is trying to take power will blame someone else who is not even guilty. Okay? And this is what is happening in our society. So there's an additional thing that I have to suggest to each and every one of us, that because the times, little by little, are getting more and more serious, you and I know how much hate there is against Muslims, and I'm reminding us once again to be cautious in terms of where we go. In Chicago, in the city of Chicago, in this neighborhood, you're probably going to be safe against anyone who's attacking Muslims. More than likely, it'll be a Muslim who attacks you right here. But the point is, if you go to places outside of this urban area, 
still be careful. But now, let us take a moment and ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So speaking about the Prophet himself, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we all know his story. We know his story from his birth until he receives the first revelation, until he first receives Wahi. And we know his story event by event by event, all the way up to and through his death. And you and I know that no matter how much suffering you and I might face, he faced more than every one of us, right? I make the point over and over again that in his lifetime, he buried Qasim. In his lifetime, he buried Ruqayya. He buried Umm Kulthum. He buried Zainab. He buried Ibrahim, his son. He buried five of his children. One of his children, Fatima, is the only one who survived. And the pain of losing your child, I don't know if there's any pain in this world greater to the person's heart than the pain of losing your child. And he lost five of his children in his lifetime, and he didn't have time, meaning in our world, life still goes on. He still had to remain the leader of his community. He still had to go visit the families of other people who were suffering. And he still had to answer the questions of the people who were coming to him. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? All this stuff that is taking place around us that may scare us, and in some cases may put us in danger, it doesn't mean that life stops. You are going to go through periods of time in your life that will be very, very difficult. Okay? Where you will have uncertainty about yourself, about your home, or you will have physical pain, or you have the illness of someone in your family, or you might lose your job or something. These are guarantees. This is a guarantee from Allah Ta'ala that you will be hit, but life still goes on. You don't have the choice to stop. Life still goes on. You still have to eat. And this we see in the Prophet, may peace be upon him, he still had to take care of the entire ummah. He still had to grow the ummah through the course of his own struggles. Think about it even when we speak of the year of sadness, that his wife dies in the same year that his uncle dies. And still he had to continue preaching. This is you and I know, this is when he went to Taif, and then he came back and said that that was the worst day of his life. It's the worst day of his life in the most difficult year of his life. But then you and I know after that he had the night journey and things really began to change. But what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? You are going to go through struggle. And either you can live anxious, worried, what's going to happen to me next, what's going to happen to me next, what's going to happen to me next, or you can just decide, all right, if Allah Ta'ala hits me in struggle, I'll deal with it, okay? I'm not going to worry about it right now. Of course, those of us who are parents, mashallah, I mean, you're, you're designed to worry about your children over and over and over again, and you're designed to have your children on your mind over and over again. But what am I saying? On the one hand, you and I have responsibility to this society, okay? On the other hand, remember that this is also a test from Allah. So either you and I will be hit by what's happening in society, or you and I will be each hit individually with our own tests. And so what do you do? You persevere through with trust in Allah. Okay. But what I'm saying you can't do 
is avoid your responsibilities to this society. Allah Ta'ala tells us a few times in the Quran, for example, in Surah An-Nisa, that you and I have to stand up for justice even if it means going against your own self. Okay? And this is read two ways. One way, you have to stand up for justice even if you're guilty. Okay? And another way to read this, you have to stand up for justice even if you don't want to. Against your own self, against your nafs, because your nafs will tell you, stay home, It'll, it'll, it'll go away. Or stay home, other people will take care of it. No, you can't do that. Anyways, with that, uh, I remind you of what Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Quran about the Prophet The simple translation is indeed, indeed, indeed. Allah and his angels send blessings upon the Prophet. O you who believe, send blessings upon him. Inna Allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu sallu alayhi Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. O Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab nar Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. O turn of hearts, turn our hearts to your obedience and make our feet firm against those who have already rejected you. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Aqeem as-salam.